and a good theological Thursday to everyone. We are happy to have you back with us. I am James Crockett. He is Dre Clark. Um, This is the second episode of Good Theological Thursday. If you have not uh, caught our first episode, you can go back to last week and listen to that, where we introduce ourselves, we introduce the podcast, uh, and we even talk about um, just a, the broad topic of why is it even important to do theology and to do theology in dialogue. Uh, so we appreciate you coming and listening with us. We, um, If you like what you hear, uh, I'll talk about this beginning and mention it again at the end of the show, but go like us on Facebook at Goodly Theological Thursday. You can also now follow us on the podcast. Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Google Play Music. We are on Spotify. So do us a favor, uh, subscribe, um, comment, uh, review uh, if you like what you hear. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into today. Uh, Dre, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good, James. I'm, uh, I'm actually trying to be on Alexa, too. I know you mentioned all the platforms, and so I'm still trying yeah. to get us, get us where you can say, hey, Alexa, get us on, uh, let me listen to Dre. That's what I want. I want, my, I, want, I want people to have Alexa yeah. to say, hey, Alexa, I want to hear Dre. <laughs> I really want people to be like, Alexa, I want to hear the smooth, silky voice of James Crockett. <laughs> the smooth. Yes, yes, yes. So. My, my fa- I, the, re- the reason why I make you do the intro every week is because I just want to hear you say, he is Dre. I just like that. <laughs> if I had like a, a movie playing in my life, like you would narrate it. Yeah. So just you know, maybe I should just <laughs> quit ministry and, and hire myself out to just narrate people's lives. Um, yeah, you know, I would definitely pay some money for that for you. So not a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that could just be a side gig. I actually I had a buddy in college that he and I would just as a joke, we would basically walk around and people would like walk by us and we would movie narrate their lives. Um, so <laughs> like, I remember we had a guy we were, we we're sitting in chapel. He comes in like an Argyle sweater vest. And we're like, in a world where Argyle sweater vests are out of style. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's terrible. Was, oh, my goodness. It was great. So, Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. So, but yeah, we are, we're, I guess, you know, we're getting more official. We're across a lot of different platforms. So, um, a lot of different ways to listen to, to what we have to say. So, um, but yeah, but if you do have an Alexa, an Amazon Echo, you know, I would like for you to try to say that. I don't, I don't know if it'll yeah. work that way. I don't really know how to make it work, mm. but I think that would just be. Mm. I, I might actually go buy an Amazon Echo just to see if it'll do that. Yeah, so. I've got one at home, yeah. so I, I can give it a whirl, and uh, I'll let you know. I'll let you know how that goes. So, yeah, gotta love technology. Uh, yeah. So, Dre, you uh, were just here in Dallas, right, this past week. I was. Yeah. I saw you two days ago. Yeah. Was it on two? We, no, I saw you on Monday, I guess. Yeah. yeah I stopped yeah. by. We, we talked stopped about. by your office. Yeah, my office here at the church. We talked about a number of different things that uh, maybe subjects we'll hit on later podcasts. Uh, tell, tell our listeners why you were here. I, I think they might find that pretty interesting. So. Yeah, so I have a... Uh, an interest in in uh, this movement that's kind of going on called faith and work, and so this faith and work movement it's been going on for several years. But um, my seminary um, at Dallas Seminary is is kind of connected in with this in some ways, and so they hosted a conference with Tommy Nelson and Tim Keller and a bunch of other panelists, and so um, it was at Dallas Seminary this Tuesday. So uh, me and my wife and my brother actually, um, so we all kind of went together just to go listen to uh, Tim Keller, listen to Tommy Nelson, and. Uh, 
and Daryl Bach was uh, kind of hosting a lot of it too. And so, but yeah, just this idea of, of faith and work and, and how, how are we actually reaching out into the, into our worlds? You know, we spend most of our time at work. And so what does it look like to be Christians in the work world? What does it look like to actually take, um, take the practical truths of the Bible and apply them to the majority of our lives? And I think that there's just been a disconnect, um, in the last, you know, couple decades of the church, you know, we've kind of, uh, moved away from mm. of bringing the gospel message into our spheres, and it's been kind of a come and see model. It's you know build it and they will come, uh, rather than saying how do we actually go and tell. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I found that a lot in the church where we we do a lot of attractional based ministries, and really what we train people to do is to just invite people to church. And um, there's not necessarily anything wrong with you know getting to invite people to church, but. Uh, I think God, I think God designed the church for much more than that, that we are to be building up others. So like you said, they can go into their, their spheres of life, their work spheres and reach people with the gospel. Um, I I would tell, uh, when I worked with young adults, uh, which I work with young adults now again. Um, and so I'll tell young adults, uh, oftentimes that, Hey, you have the opportunity to reach people that I would never have the opportunity to reach. And I think that's true of every Christian. So, um, yeah, so uh, that that's an inter- theology and work. That's a pretty interesting topic. Um, yeah, we might have to dive into that more on a on a later podcast. Um, yeah, absolutely. A lot, lot of good, lot of good conversations to have there. A lot of good. And I think I really do think for the postmodern, post uh, Christian, you know, problem that maybe the church is starting to wrestle with. You know, how do we how do we continue the gospel in a in a culture that's becoming. Um, not so Christian as it as it were. Um, how do we how do we continue the gospel there? I really do think there's a lot of um, a lot of hope and a lot of uh, good ideas that maybe this movement can actually uh, fix within the church when it comes to discipleship and practical discipleship. So yeah. we can we can definitely hit that one later on. Yeah, yeah. Um, just real quickly, maybe before we move into the main content, um, if anyone is interested in um, kind of looking into that, the faith and work movement, do you have any suggestions on things to read or? Uh, people to check out. Oh yeah, there, I mean it's it's a whole movement. There is um, you know, I'd have to go and look through it now, but there's a there's the Faith and Work Institute. You can go Google that and you can find that. Um, Daryl Bach um, at my seminary, so he has a a podcast called The Table. Yeah, fantastic podcast. Yeah, and it's kind of about even what, what we're talking about today. But I think that even in that, you know, it's just engaging culture. It's engaging people where they're at. Um, you know, and like I said, if most people spend you know seventy percent of their time at work. Um, that would that would be a huge part of it. So um, there's lots of books about it. Um, I know that Timothy Keller, one of his books that I've read before was The Good Endeavor, I think. And so it talks a little bit about that. Um, uh, Tom, uh, Tommy Nelson, one of the books they gave us at the conference was uh, The Economics of Neighborly Love. And so um, it's another good book. So yeah, there's lots of resources. I mean, there's a lot of people talking about it if you find them. Mm. Um, and it, it's a conversation. You know, it's not so much of a movement as a conversation of saying, hey, how do we... How do we bring these things? So there's a lot of great resources out there if, uh, if you want to find them. Just Google Faith and yeah. Works. So. Very cool. Yeah, we'll we'll delve into that um, hopefully at a later time. Um, but let's get into uh, maybe kind of the main subject that uh, we want to talk about today. And, and we're, uh, we announced this on our Facebook page. Um, so um, we kind of gave a little – give a quick little preview of what we want to talk about. But we want to talk about um, theology and culture, specifically – how do we use? How do we utilize theology to interpret our own culture? Um, and so, Dre, this actually came out of. I was talking with a student on Sunday. It was a Chinese student, and one of the things she was talking about, she even asked prayer for, 
was she wanted to overcome her own culture. Like she was maybe seeing some things in her own, uh, specifically her Chinese culture, that um, she maybe didn't necessarily see as uh, biblical or whatever. And so I, I think she was really wrestling with this idea of, um, you know, may, maybe how to interpret her culture and then also, you know, what does she need to do to overcome it? So I, I think those are both things we can hit on today. But uh, I'll, I'll start with you just. Um, some broad overall thoughts. I mean, that's a really broad question, and that could be something we could discuss for a really long time. Is how do we use theology to interpret culture? But what are the relate? What's the relationship between the two? Yeah, yeah. So I think the first uh, first question, which is what we hit on the podcast last week, but I think it's good to maybe reemphasize. But what what do we mean? Just kind of simply, James, just to kind of answer this. What do we mean by theology? You know, whatever we're talking about theology and culture, just kind of recap. You know, what break the question down and, and get some of the the you know make it a practical question for us. Yeah, yeah. So I think. Um, it, you describe theology pretty well. That um, theology is philosophy with a book, um, <laughs> yeah. and so uh, I think that's a pretty good idea. But it, it really is our ideas about God. Um, so I mean, if you're going to take it very literally, uh, theo the, from theos, I mean, it's it's God, and then ology is study of. I mean, and we we have that with psychology, the study of the mind, the biology, the study of life, and and so it's and so. It, it is the study of God, but really what we, t- what, what I would mean by theology and, um, you know, if you want to maybe add to this, I'll just give a very broad definition, um, is really what are our ideas, our thoughts about God. And so then, so what I, what I'm really asking is how do our thoughts about God, what we believe about God, how do we take those and then through that grid interpret our culture, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, I don't know. I don't know. If there's anything. You yeah. Want to add no. I think that's it. I think it's um, you know what we what I kind of said last week, and what I, I firmly believe is that what what we think of when we think about God, whenever we think of you know whatever this idea may be, that 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 is the lens that therefore becomes the way in which we view everything. Mm. So the way that we view, you know, what the way we answer the question, why is there something instead of nothing? Mm. Uh, the way that we see the world, you know, in, in, in the way that we define God, you know, whether God is deistic or whether he is here or there or not existent at all, the way that we define that is going to have direct impacts into everything in our life. And so today we're really saying, well, what are those impacts? What is the way that I have my faith, um, value in culture. You know, mm-hmm. does my faith say I should stay away from culture? Does my faith say I should embrace culture? Um, like the student that you were talking about, does my faith, um, you know, when, when it comes in conflict, conf- conflict with culture, you know, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, what is the relationship? So that's kind of a, yeah, I, mean, I think you, you summarize mm-hmm. it pretty well, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, theology, simply put words about God. How does, how does the way we think and talk about God affect yeah. you know, what we, what we say and do in God's world? Yeah. I mean, I would even, and you're, you're kind of touching on this, and I think this is an important point to draw out, that every, everyone has a theology. Now, I'm sure I have many atheist uh, friends who I've talked with the, who probably would not agree with that statement. But I, I would argue that all of us have some sort of theology, and really it is the most – what we believe about God is probably the most foundational thing to any worldview. So – um, and we hit on that a little bit last week, but again, I'll emphasize, even if like, you know, you're, you're an atheist or agnostic. And so your theology is, well, I don't really believe there is a God that that's my theology is that the study of God is the study of an abstract concept. That's not really even real. And so that will drive how you think about every other issue in life and really how you think about culture. 
And so, yeah, just to reemphasize that this is really the this is an important question because theology becomes the underlying thing um, and the grid and the lens through which we see everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's a good recap kind of uh, from last week and brings us into today's conversation. So how do we use theology to interpret culture? Yeah, it's such a it, it's such a it's such a difficult and broad question because it is it is so. Um, yeah, it just really is a very broad thing. But I think I mean some of this is going to determine be determined by where do you put theology in your priority list. So do you let? Uh, so I'll say this: like sometimes the danger can be is even our views of God are more determined by our culture rather than something else. So um, I think putting theology before culture really is, it, it seems like that might seem obvious, but it is the first step that is, you know, and so how do we know God? But we know God, we, we, we might know God, you know, there's the two broad terms that are in theology, special and general revelation, you know, general revelation being this, idea of we see creation and we we have an idea there is a God, but I, I want to focus more on the special revelation aspect, specifically through Scripture um, and through the person of Christ and through Scripture. That is that God has vested his authority um, in Christ and God has vested his authority in Scripture. And so the way we really know about God and we get to know who he is, is looking at Scripture first. So I think that's important here of learning to put scripture before culture. Um, Cause a lot of times what we do is we put almost culture first and we, we allow a cultural grid and we read scripture through this cultural grid. And so can we recognize, can we assess our own culture? Can we recognize what is cultural? And then can we do our best not to say that this is, this is not completely possible. I mean, we always have presuppositions and we are not, we always have some subjectivity when we look at scripture, but can we do our best to remove as much of that as possible and take objective looks at scripture? Um, and then from that, then take scripture and let scripture be the grid through which we see culture mm. itself. Yeah. And I think that, you know, kind of as we're talking about this, um, Whenever we come to truth of any sort, I, and I agree with you, I agree that you know Scripture definitely is is our certainty. It is our foundation. But I, I do think that um, several things come into play whenever we talk about truth. You've got you've got Scripture. You've got exegesis of Scripture. Right. You've got taking what is there and, and seeing what does the text say. Um, you've got history. You've got theology. You know. You've got how the how the church collectively has talked about it. You've got these ideas. You've got the philosophies around it. You've got science. Uh, you've got philosophy, and, and you do have experience, right? You do mm-hmm. have um, the way that I the way that I come to scripture, uh, I come to it through my culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so you have these different fields um, that are all intertwined. And so, to really just say, well, I'm just going to make scripture my foundation for everything, I think we have to be careful because, um, well, the way I read scripture is different from my friends over in China that read scripture, or my friends, um, right. you know, over in Chile or wherever they are. Um, the way that they read it, um, even my wife, you know, she reads scripture differently than me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so what does it mean? So kind of, kind of clarify, what does it mean to, to have a scriptural view of, of interpreting culture? Um, whenever our culture interprets the way we do scripture, how do you, how do you kind of address that problem, James? Yeah. I mean, 
it's interesting you mentioned that um, I was listening to a discussion on um, social justice and all this stuff. And, um, you know, one of the ideas of social justice is allowing, you know, those people who are oppressed to read scripture in a certain way and that we need to respect how any culture uh, reads scripture. And um, I won't go full into social justice theory. That's a whole another can of worms um, that we don't, <laughs> we don't really need to open a day. Um, but there is, you have to be a little careful with that idea of, I think there is a respect and there can maybe be an empathy for understanding how all people read scripture. But at the same time, um, you have to be a little careful with that because Let's say I approach scripture from one cultural context and I read it one way and you might approach it from another context and you read it another way, but then you and I are saying two different things. Um, we can't necessarily both be right or maybe neither of us are right. You know, I, I mean, there, there is different things like that. So, um, yeah, you have to be a little careful with that. Uh, you know, I, I think just determining what are some setting out for yourself, what are some sound biblical principles. I mean, this might even just go back to a question of um, a good hermeneutic, um, which um, for our listeners, if you don't know what that term is, it's basically um, how, I'll define it very broadly. It's basically how do you interpret the Bible? What are some rules of interpretation? Um, and, And so defining a good hermeneutic, trying to um, do things like, okay, what is the author specifically saying to his audience in that time? Um, or is this scripture communicating a broad truth about God that really applies across cultures? And how do those things fit? You know, learning to read a scripture and put it in its context, um, some different things like that. Um, I don't know, Dre, if you... Yeah, again, that's another, that's a pretty hard question. So you might have some more ideas there on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. And I think that that's, I think that's a question that we need to wrestle with when it comes to culture. Mm. Um, I think, it, I think we have to be, I think just being aware of it is, is the first step. Being aware that, um, that I read and I, you know, whenever we make these statements that scripture should, should drive culture, you know, well, our culture sometimes drives the way we view scripture. And, and you're yeah. right. There's, it's just, just to, just to know and be aware of that. Cause then what I can do is I can, I can try to, and, and I actually need several people to help me do this, which goes back to what I said last week. Theology, talking about God has to be done in community. Mm. Um, I, I can't just approach it myself. I need, I need people to pull me out of it. All right. I need my wife to talk to me about these ideas. I need people like you. I need uh, people um, from different um, cultures to engage with me. That way I have a more holistic view. And, and we're working towards this. It's, it's, a, it's a process. Mm. And so, um, so yeah, I do think there's truth. And so I think, uh, you know, one thing you just said is looking at the culture that scripture is even written in. You know, yeah. scripture scripture comes to us in culture. Um, yeah. The the very first accounts of the Torah, like it looks very similar to a lot of other, um, you know, different uh, uh, beliefs and other systems that are there. Right? You've got these. Um, can't think of the names of them right now, but you know, you've got these different tablets and things that we found from ancient world that mirror a lot of what we see in the Genesis accounts. Mm-hmm. And I think that God's using culture. Um, to communicate to his people, and that's yeah. that's what he does. He he meets us where we are, yeah. um, and so yeah. Um, I, I think I think for the Christian though, I think for me, the way I kind of settle this question, kind of to jump ahead of it, there's a lot to wrestle with, but um, it's pretty simple to me. Um, it's it's based on a person. 
Um, if, if you have a person that has predicted his death and resurrection and got it right yeah. and came and had the power to raise himself from the dead, that's the guy I'm going to listen to. Yeah. Um, and so it's a very Christocentric theology is yes. the idea, an, inca- an incarnational theology, to use the yeah. fun terms. Um, I look at things, I look at all of Scripture, I look at all of my world through the lens of the person of Jesus. Yeah. Um, what, did, what did he come to do? Who is this guy? What did he say? Not, not what does people say about him necessarily, but who is this guy? Um, what is revealed about him in, in, the, in the scripture? And then using that as, as my way to wade through these waters of culture. Um, you know, Because there's times when Jesus aligns with his culture, and there's times when he breaks away. There's times mm. where he improves. There's times where he reinterprets it. Mm. Um, and and le- learning, to, learning to do what this guy did um, yeah. would be a, a wise thing for anybody in our culture. So yeah, yeah. kind of my answer. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit a couple things you said there. Um, one, I, I think, you know, one of the ways we help kind of overcome some of this stuff is an openness to ideas. Mm. Um, sometimes we are not open to ideas. We are not seeing that having some dogma and firm doctrine is a bad thing. I think those are good things, um, which I think that's another discussion <laughs> yeah. we can have later on dogma and stuff like that, right? Uh, but an openness to when someone comes at Scripture with another idea, not just to automatically shut it down, but to think through it. And you might still, you know, once you think through it, you might still come to say, well, that's wrong, or you know, you might shut it down anyway. But at least saying, hey, I'm at least going to be open to when someone approaches a scripture passage in a way a little bit different than me, mm, let me try to see yes, it from yes. their perspective. Um, and so there, there's nothing wrong with trying to see it from someone's perspective. What, I'm not at, what we're not advocating is that you then just agree with everybody. Like, mm-hmm. that's not what we're advocating. But what we're, what we're really advocating right. is for critical that's thinking right. with some of that stuff. Um, yeah, the second thing you said uh, about, you know, a Christocentric, um, theology there. I couldn't agree more. I think it'd be an interesting study for any of our listeners to read through the Gospels and just watch how Jesus approached his own culture, um, how he approached Jewish culture and Gentile culture, and um, watch, you know, I won't recap, Dre, what you said, but all those things that you talked about, um, watch how he kind of mm-hmm. interprets his yeah. own culture there. Um, and then and the, the amazing thing about the work of Christ is he does transcend cultures. You read the New Testament, and what you find here is this idea of Jew and Gentile being made one. And that is a cultural transcendent thing, right? Or, you know, there is no slave or free. There is no bond or free. There are, um, you know, he does, Jesus in the work of the gospel really does things to completely reinterpret what culture does, what culture, what his culture might have said, or what even the Roman culture might have said. Absolutely. And so the gospel of Christ really transcends cultures in ways that are um, pretty phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, and I think that's a, that leads me to a really, a really good question that I've, I've tried to spend some time thinking about, and I, I probably have a lot more thinking to do on it, but um are the biblical text are these um, these you know manuscripts and codexes that we have um, are they in, are they what we would say is inspired or are they what we would say is you know from God or um, do we say that the culture they're in is inspired you know so let me rephrase the question is is it just the text that's inspired or is it the culture that's inspired and I think that that's a huge way because whenever we realize that we can say you know Paul is saying you know you shouldn't only drink water but you should drink some wine and you get the household co- codes all yeah. these things is 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 the culture inspired 
um, to, or is it the words that are just inspired? Um, what, what are your thoughts on that question? As I guess I haven't really thought of it that way. My, my initial reaction would be you, you got to be careful about trying to put that culture on the same level as the biblical words and the biblical authors. Mm. Um, scripture clearly teaches, you know, Peter, he talks about men wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, right? And so it doesn't say culture. Mm. Now, I, do I think that God used some cultural experience in these men to help form some of their theology? Yeah. But there's other times, though, where they really go against their own culture. And so their culture can't be completely inspired because, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the criticisms of New Testament work is, you know, um, especially in the modern world is, oh, these guys were really influenced by patriarchy. Um, Well, when you read Paul, Paul is very much how he describes even relationships between husbands and wives is very much against the the so-called patriarchy of his day, the idea that in Ephesians 5, that a husband is responsible for his wife's flourishing was incredibly counter to what that modern culture said. Mm. So I'd be careful about saying that the culture itself was inspired. Um, I would be careful about putting that on the same level because there's, there's clear instances where there are some positive things in their culture that might have influenced them in a positive way. Uh, one way, one example of this is mm-hmm. um, their view of communal and corporate solidarity. The idea of being able to view the church as one mm-hmm. body, which I think we have lost in many ways in Western culture because we're so individualistic. Um, so that's a positive way their culture helped. Yeah. But then there are also other instances where, yeah, it's just really clear that they are, um, you know, they are really, uh, you know, uh, critiquing their own culture. You know, a good example of that is Galatians. Paul really critiquing the Judaizers and um, the idea of circumcision just being this really necessary thing um, for salvation. So, absolutely. You have anything to add to that? Yeah, I kind of set you up with the question. I think that that in lies the answer. Um, that this understanding of if we can understand how culture and scripture work together, I think we can we can apply that to how it works today. When we come to issues today, um, I think we see the gospel. I think we see the message of what Christ is doing um, as a seed that, that infuses into the cultures we're in. I think we we don't see it as something that is a, that is a sacred secular divide. It's not a dichotomy. It's not something that we separate from culture. It's something that infuses culture. Um, you know, the scriptures talk about it as salt, right? Mm-hmm. It's something that goes in. It preserves culture and it actually uh, brings out the taste of culture. It enhances it, and it's also um, salt. Uh, you know, it, it keeps. Uh, bacteria and things are going to, it makes it last longer. You also get this idea of light, right? It's, it's something that shines into a dark area, into an area that's hopeless, full of anxiety and depression, all the issues that a lot of uh, people are facing today. And the gospel goes into those places. And so it's very much a, um, you know, theology, mm-hmm. understanding what the message we have, understanding who mm-hmm. God is, is to understand his mission, is to understand what, what he is doing. Um, you can't, I don't think you can talk about who God is um, apart from from how he relates to his world. Um, I think most of the attributes we have of God are, are God's actions. The very first thing we see in Genesis is he's a creator. 
Um, and so, so I think that, that that's kind of how we answer is we realize what Scripture is actually doing is it's actually a tale of, of God's story, or as Augustine would say, you've got the city of God, right? And you've got the city of man. You've got um, these two worlds, and, and which world is uh, getting precedence? And what is, how are they relating to each other? Um, and, and, and moving it from a dichotomy, from the sacred to secular, into, um, into a mission, into a, a uh, combined, interweaved narrative that is redeeming and, and seeing Christ's work in everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there is one more question I want to ask, so we might run a little over, but I, I think this is. I don't. I don't want to kind of leave this discussion today without asking this question, because um, I go back to the student who talked to me. So this this question is maybe more pastoral, um, and so the question the student asked me eventually was, "How do I overcome my own culture?" Um, and, and so she could live for Christ because yeah. <laughs> the lesson I had talked about that day, was Galatians three talking about overcoming the idea of this obligation to the law, um, that the Jews were really struggling with and experiencing true freedom to be found, to find mm-hmm. their identity in Christ. Um, and so the student was asking, how do I basically overcome my culture to become more of a, you know, paraphrasing a better reflector of Christ. So do you have any thoughts on that? Just pastorally, I think uh, I think we see in Romans, you know, Romans 14, 15, it, we who have been, who, who are following God, we, we call ourselves disciples and Christians. We, we say that we have this treasure in a jar of clay and we are called to bring that to people and we have to do it delicately. Um, the end of Romans is saying, um, if you're the stronger one, you know, our job is to look out to the weak one. So we, we conform to the cultural norms around us when they're not in opposition to our beliefs in order to better bring the gospel to people. So Paul would say it this way, I become all things to all people. Um, and so I think you have to be wise and you have to look at what your culture values. Look for the grace um, moments in that culture. Look for the story that God's already embedded into it because God is at work. You know, we talked about common grace. God is already doing things um, and find these stories and, and, and lead them back to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think we have to be antagonistic against culture. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we have to be, um, you know, we're not, we don't have to even be defense oriented. It's not like we have to, we're on the winning side. Like we have the truth. That's what, that's what Christians have held for a long time. And so if that really is true, and if we do believe that, um, then we are to be people who bring truth um, in love to our cultures. Um, mm. And so I don't know if that, that helps. It's kind of very broad, but I think yeah. that's the, the first way of thinking that I would, I would answer the question pastorally. Yeah, yeah. I would also say, you know, some of it's an identity issue. So what we wouldn't say is, hey, you've got to completely reject your culture now. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't think that's necessarily the answer, but it is sometimes about ordering our identities. So, in other words, what the gospel does and what the church is, is, you know, this 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 church community in the New Testament was called out and they were almost forming a new culture itself. They were a community that was distinct from Jewish, Greek, or Roman culture. And so putting our identity in Christ first, right, saying that, you know, I'm not American or British or Chinese or whatever. What, what am I first? I am, a, I am an image bearer of Christ. And so mm-hmm. I am a part of the church. Putting that first. And then you, you, can, you can still have some pride in your own culture. But at the same time, if you put mm-hmm. that other identity first, it's going to help you 
um, interpret yeah. the other culture. And then, it know, actually they, enhances that one. I yeah, think. It, it really it, does. It makes me, it bring, God is the one, you know, back in the you know, Tower of Babel, I think that's actually an, an act of grace of God. He, he creates cultures. I think God meant for yeah. us to flourish this way and celebrate it. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't become less by becoming a Christian. I become more. Yeah. Um, and my story and my background actually is enhanced. And, and then you get to Revelation where it says all nations, all tongues, we're, we're all there. It doesn't say we all combine into one. Yeah. We are all equal. There is an egalitarian sense there, but we bring our uniqueness to bear the image of God yeah. together. Yeah, this is this is where I love um, when the church has cultural diversity because yeah. you've got different ideas and different ways of thinking that really – help us grow with one another and help us grow um, to become more and more like Christ and grow in our knowledge of God. Um, yeah. And then the only other thing pastorally I would say, I told this student, um, really it just does take full dependence upon the spirit of God through prayer. I mean, yeah, you know, if we're really going to overcome our own culture, we can't really do it in our own strength. It has to be, we have to allow God through his spirit to work in us um, be in constant communion with God in prayer and allow the spirit to lead us um, in That's every right. aspect of that. So you might call it walking in the spirit as you, as yeah, you're in this yeah. world, it's a, it's a physical thing to walk. It's something that we do daily and then walk in the spirit. I love the way that that's put in scripture. So yeah, it's, it's a practical, there's, it's a connect between heaven and earth, bringing the kingdom here. So yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, Dre, anything else before uh, we close out? That's it, man. So, all right, cool. Well, let me remind everyone, again, if you like what you heard, go and like us on Facebook. At You can search for us at Good Theological Thursday. You can like and follow us. We kind of post some updates on there. Um, um, also, uh, you can go listen to us on Apple, Google Play, Spotify. And as we said at the beginning of the show, we are working to get on Alexa and with Amazon. That's the dream. Um, that's the dream. That's really the, <laughs> the full dream we have. That's why we started this podcast. Yeah. Um, but um, we would encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast um, and rate and review it. That would help us out. Um, and please, um, again, we are wanting to do theology and dialogue, not just with one another, but with you, our listeners. So please, um, you can comment on Facebook or review on any of these platforms. And, you know, if you've got questions or subjects you want us to discuss, please let Just us know. Just post your questions. Yeah, post them right yeah. there at the bottom of it. We'll, we'll check it. So Yeah, yeah. And if, and if you want to be more private, you don't want to see, you want other people to see what you have to ask, you can actually email us at goodtheologicalthursday at gmail.com. So if you're a little more private, um, you always have that option as well. Um, but, yeah, thank you again for listening. And, Dre... Have a good Theological Thursday, everyone. That's right. See ya. See ya.